Everybody watching right now, thank you. This is the right place for you to be. This is the U.S. Grace Force podcast. I'm Doug Berry. Brother Richard Heilman over here to this other side, that side right over there. And in between is our honored guest tonight, David Gray, the amazing theologian, and has his own radio show on Guadalupe Radio Network. We'll talk about that. Of course, everything begins with prayer and Padre. I, of course, hand the reins to you for that. All right. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Amen. St. Michael the Archangel, defend us in battle. Be our defense against the wickedness and snares of the devil. May God rebuke him, we humbly pray. And do thou, O Prince of the Heavenly Hosts, by the power of God, cast into hell Satan and all the evil spirits who prowl about the world, seeking the ruin of souls. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Awesome. Okay, everything. Once we begin with prayer, we get rolling tonight. They'll never take our freedom. They'll never take our freedom. Many people out there know what that means and where that comes from. But before we get into the show, of course, I want to thank everybody out there who supports the U.S. Grace Force podcast. I just got back. In fact, just as the time we record this, I literally walked in the door like 10 minutes, 5, 10 minutes before we even got on air here to start recording. I just got back from a conference in Minnesota. Fantastic event. Great people at Outback Ranch Incorporated up there. You know, uh, Catholic Resiliency was part of it. Uh, just incredible speakers, I think, were, were, that I got to just blessed to work with. Jesse Romero, uh, you know, Father Altman, and several others were up there. And I got to say this, you know, Michael Boris was there, Raymond D'Souza was there. And I got to say this, the people who came, about 300 people there came from all over the area. We had some, one guy drove from Seattle, Washington to Minnesota. A woman drove up from Alabama to Minnesota. Why? People are starving for the truth. They don't want to lose the freedom that God has given us. So I want to thank everybody out there. Many came over and said that they appreciate the podcast that we do, the Grace Force podcast, and we are very thrilled. Your prayers, your support mean a lot to us. If anybody wants to help us and support us financially, you can through the Patreon program. Click the link in the description below. It means everything to us. You are in our prayers. Can't tell you how much, especially with the cancel culture going on all around us, which actually goes way back to the time of Christ, and even the prophets before Christ, we are dealing with the constant effort to destroy truth, we need to unify. We're going to talk about that tonight, in fact, with our guest, David. Also, I want to ask all of you to go on out to the official U.S. Grace Force gear page. Pick yourself up a great T-shirt. Uh, Father and I always like to wear them for the programs. Father's got his on tonight. Get strong. I got mine on. I kneel for God alone. Here they are. And we don't know why David's not wearing one. Maybe we just didn't send I know. one. <laughs> but going out to the U.S. Grace Force gear page, get yourself a T-shirt, a hoodie, a sweatshirt, all kinds of great items out there. It also helps support the work that we do and means everything to us so thank you so much for that we're a family we got to work together we got to fight together we got to stand side by side together we got to unite in the thick of the fight that we are all in right now and father i know david is one of our favorite guests we like to have him on he gives a great uh he gave, he brings a, a little bit of um a little bit of humor to what we deal with in the battle but he also brings a real good insight you know being theologically trained and all so david i just want to say thank you very much for being a guest tonight on the show Man, I love being back on here. I really love Grace Force. So thanks for having me on. Every time I get an invitation, I'd be like, yeah. <laughs> it will well, never the same, take we're off the same way, Yeah, we're the same way, David. I mean, you're fascinating, but you're funny. Yeah. And uh, you know your stuff. And, and you take such a great angle at everything. And, uh, it's just really exciting to have you on here. So Thank tonight, you, you know, we, we got this title, uh, They'll Never Take Away Our Freedom. And I think it's because, and we'll get into this in a second. I just think because... Resolve is rising. I mean, I mean the, people are looking at what's going on in the world, and uh, they're ready, uh, they're ready to fight in whatever way God is calling them to do that. Um, but I wanted to point out too first, uh, as, as we started, is 
uh, it's October 6th. This airs on October 6th. What's unique about October 6th? First of all, it's the vigil of Our Lady of the Rosary, originally called Our Lady of Victory. We'll get into that a little later too. But uh, what, uh, what happened two years ago, okay, on October 6th, and I just, you know, I started, I, I like to look at what God's up to. And I think he sometimes uses, you know, like celestial events or uh, dates and things like that. So I, because I want to listen. And, and so are you showing us something through these things? So I looked at October 6th because, um, I, uh, first of all, we were made aware that Sister Agnes Sisagawa received a message. This is Sister uh Agnes Sisagawa, who in 1973 received her last message, not she hasn't received a message since then, from Our Lady of Akita, okay? And um, that's an important message as well, but, but nothing since then until October 6th, 2019. And all the message was, was put on ashes and pray a repentant rosary. Now, if you notice the day before October 6th in the cycle of readings for that year, it was the, the first reading was from Jonah. And that's when he, when he was sent to Nineveh to warn them, right? That, that uh, to repent or, you know, you're going to get destroyed. And they did, they put on ashes, right? And, and uh, they repented and God withheld his wrath. Mm -hmm. So here we have the day after those readings, uh, this this message coming uh, to our uh, to uh, Sister Agnes Sisagawa. Okay, that's the first thing that happened on October 6, 2019. The second thing that happened on October 6, 2019, is we all looked with confusion for sure, but why do they have people in the Vatican Gardens uh, surrounding a wooden idol with the Pope and Cardinals sitting by, you can look up the picture online. Uh, maybe, maybe our producer will put up the picture that I'm talking about here, but there they are. And the, the people that are surrounding this wooden idol are bowed down in worship. They're, they're worshiping this wooden idol that we came to find out was called Pachamama. Okay. Uh, Mother earth, I think that might mean, but so, okay, we're all going, uh, wait, is that allowed? You know, I mean, well, it is a Pope. I mean, we, uh, but I mean, we were just, again, if anything, we were confused. A lot of people were angry. Okay. That this happened. That wasn't enough. That was, that was, uh, just before the Amazon Synod started on October 6, 2019 was the opening day of the Amazon Synod. And they bring this wooden idol into St. Peter's Basilica. And, and I say, I've been there. And I, I saw where they were at. They were just steps away from the bones of St. Peter, uh, where, they, where they had this. And again, surrounding it, you know, like they're giving it honor or worship, right? Uh, so it, we, were, we were just aghast that that went on. And I remember Monsignor Charles Pope uh, getting on a video, and, and, and he was floored. He says, we got to repent. I mean, we got to do, we got to acts of repentance. At the time, nobody knew about the October 6th uh, message to Sister Ag uh, Agnes Hisagawa. And here he's saying the, almost the very same thing that our, our lady is saying to Sister Agnes. And, uh, it, and he says, listen, if we don't, you know, there's going to be some divine retribution that occurs. Okay, 
That's the second thing that happened two years ago on October 6, 2019. The third thing that happened, and nobody knows this for sure, but, but the reports are true that, and this is the way they put it, that cell phone activity was out in the Wuhan lab in China from October 7th to October, I think it's 26. Uh, is there about, but indicating, as they put it, some event occurring on or about October 6th. So, and we, we didn't know this was going on at the time either. Uh, but here we have uh, pagan worship, at least what it looked, the optics of it. I mean, since that time, we've, we've seen churches in, in parts of the world that, that, that put the Pachamama in their church. We saw, I saw a picture of a church that made a monstrance out of the Pachamama so that they put the Luna in her belly. Uh, it, it, because why? Because, you know, what the intentions are is, is almost um, doesn't matter. It's the optics. What are you saying to other people that it's fine to have idols, uh, pagan idols in our churches. And, and so, um, so that happened, that happened. And just as it was happening, came the message of a sister and Agnes Sagawa. And just as that happened, came the leak from Wuhan in China. I mean, you know, as you say this, you, you can't make this stuff up, but, but so here we are, we're two years later. All right. And Many of us are, are on to what's going on. There is a virus. There's no doubt about that. There are people be, uh, that are dying from it. There's no doubt about that. But there's more to this. We could say the same thing about the flu. I mean, my I always tell people my, my nephew almost died. And and, all, and they assume it was from the, the, the virus. No, he, he almost died from H1N1. So we get sick and people do die. I mean, we don't want to be flipping and you know careless about it but but it's a it's a fact of life uh so anyway so here we are two years later and a lot of people think this has been uh used for political purposes uh in, in a lot of ways so i'll shut up now but i, I hope everybody finds that pretty interesting uh th this date two years ago we're at the anniversary of that uh those three things happening simultaneously so david you know, uh, you're very tuned in. I know I've, I've watched you speak and all that, and you're seeing what's going on in the world right now. And, um, you know, it, it, and it seems like too, that there's, there's a, people are called the like the new world order. That's uh, kind of, uh, um, its essence is Freemasonry, I believe. And, mm -hmm. and, and you have that experience from Freemasonry. Uh, David, you have a, an incredible story. You, you were a Mason for a couple of years. And, uh, and when you're in your agnostic years before your baptism. And uh, it's so that along with all your, um, your study on Freemasonry, he's got a book, you, got, you all have to get this. But you kind, of are, you kind of have the inside scoop on a lot of this. So what are their motivations? Well, you know, why are they doing these things? What's their ultimate goal? Okay, can you kind of, you know, bring us up on some of, the, uh, some of this? And what, what, what might that have to do with what we've endured for two years, right? Yeah. Now, I like how you made those connections to October 6th. And I think it's important that 
you know, dates matter, you know, time matters. And I think that's how God speaks to us. Yes. There's, there's that rhythm. And, you know, Jesus talks about how you do have to pay attention to the signs. And I think those dates are important. And that's very important how you, you broke that down and showed that connection. And, you know, some people who are watching this video, you know, some of your detractors, they, they probably want to say, oh, there go those traditional Catholics or those conservative Catholics, again, talking about Pachamama, right? And, you know, from, from their perspective, they want to say, well, from when in, in indigenous people, when they, when they, when, who they brought to the Vatican gardens was, um, did not have any religious connection. It was just, um, an image of what they called a mother earth, the Pachamama, but this mother earth, God, this mother earth isn't necessarily a goddess to them. It doesn't have any religious imagery, you know? And, and, okay, fine. But the thing is this is that they brought it to the Vatican and they placed it before the Pope and the imagery is there of, of worship and idolatry. So regardless of we can argue about, you know, whether the minutia of the religion, who they think this, this Mother Earth is, the idea that this Pachamama, who they call her, is placed before the Pope. And just the imagery of it itself is idolatrous. And the Vatican and they, never. And they were, and they were ver literally worshiping. Yeah. I mean, they were, they were down on the ground, right. head in the ground, hands up in that form of worship. They were literally right. worshiping. So this wasn't Mary. This is, this is a, a mother earth. And the, the imagery is of worship. So, um, and, and so I just think, you know, we have to move past people trying to apologize what was going on. And just call it what it is to speak truth to, to what was going on. And we need some repentance there. And, and, and also thinking about dates is that one thing I've been working on with this project um, called The Greatest Reset. You can go to, to the greatestresetmovie.com. And I've been talking about a lot about it lately. Um, and this answers your question about Freemasonry and its connection. So yeah, I was a Freemason for about 10 years from 1994, 2000, 2004, highly active, wrote books, spoke around the world, um, high, high level Grand Lodge officer, all the degrees. Okay. So, but that was, you know, my, my past life. But one thing that, 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 that experience ha has shown me now I'm being a Catholic was that we have to pay attention to some other days also, uh, Father and Doug. And the, over the last 500 years, we could see this onslaught, this attack against Christ in his church that happened, seems to be happening in sequence every 200 to 100 years. Yes. Um, we could see this we, um, in dates matter. We could look at 1517, uh, the birth of the Protestant revolution or right. reformulation of the dogma, clearly an attack on Christ in his church. Um, a bringing of indifferentism, this idea of enlightenment, which is, again, attack on Christ in his church right. to lead people away. Um, 200 years from there, we see in 1717, we see the birth of Freemasonry in England, at least the birth of their grand law system. Granted, Freemasonry traces origins back to the guilds in England, where, and the guilds were primarily of Catholic men. They had priests, they had festivals, they had saints they were devoted to but late uh, around the mid 1600s when the guild system goes away um the, the this guild system of 
Freemasons is co-opted into now this philosophy where these philosoph- uh, these philosophers are saying, okay, we can look at these working tools that Freemasons use and we can apply them to our life. So a Freemason, they would say, well, a Freemason, he would take a gavel and he would lay and measure, the user to lay and measure his work. But they would say, well, philosophically, we can take this same 24-inch gauge and apply it to our life and we can see eight hours for labor, eight hours for um, refreshment and eight hours for rest. So they were just taking all these tools that the operative Mason would use and come up with this, this system that Pope Clement XIII and Leo XIII will call naturalism, right? And so it's, it's this idea that you can make yourself a better man, not through Christ and his grace, but just through these working tools. And the important thing to note about Freemasonry in their 1723 constitution called Anderson's Constitution, so named after Reverend James Anderson, it says in there explicitly that Freemasonry is desires to be the universal religion by which all men can agree, which is very problematic for the Catholics. We know that it's only Christ uh, through which it is the source of unity, <laughs> which unites all people. And so the Freemasonry was basically trying to replace the Catholic Church with itself. Now, the problem with Freemasonry was that Although it was in many governments throughout the world, the problem with Freemasonry that it could not govern. Yes, it could influence governments, and we saw that throughout throughout that the 1700s and 1800s, especially the revolutions of, of 1748, which was really was an attempt to tear down the monarchy. Because if you tear down the monarchy, you take away the friend of the Catholic Church. So, um, but Freemasonry could not govern. So about 200 years later something came and took its place. Now, Freemasonry is still with us. It's still a dangerous ideology. Catholics still cannot belong to it. It's still forbidden. You're still excommunicated. But another um, a form of government came along to take its place, and that was communism in 1917. Again, 200 years later, same sequence of numbers. Communism comes along. Now, communism is able to do what Freemasonry can. It can govern but it's still an attack on Christ and his church. And everyone that we know where communism is spread, the first thing they do is destroy churches, kill priests, right? Now, we don't have to wait for another 200 years to 2117, because we saw in 2017, just 100 years from there, we saw something very interesting happen, which was another, I think, supplanting. So Protestantism replaced by Freemasonry, Freemasonry replaced by communism 100 years later. Communism was replaced by a new form of government, and that's the Dick Tech government. Um, and, that's, and that happened post-Trump. Remember, Facebook said, we can't let this happen again. And we saw the response was basically Big Tech took over the world, and they governed the world through technology and this social media they have they 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 have what Freemasonry has. They're in every country. They influence government. They have what um, communism has that they can actually control through data, people. But they have something that all those other systems didn't have, and that's really that um, they're able to manipulate. They know everything about us through the data. Protestantism didn't know everything about us. Freemasonry Freemasons didn't. Communism didn't. And so this is how big tech is really, really one of the last, um, I think one of the most dangerous threats 
to come against Christ and his church, because as we've seen with, with my senior grinder, um, if you have the data, you can control and manipulate and blackmail people to no end. So this last thing, this last 17 is, is like we're talking about sequence and numbers and signs is something that, that's really dangerous and something that we see. And that's, that's how you, you, we, we connect all of the, the, the resets, resetting in 1517, resetting in 1717, resetting in 1917, now 2017, resetting the moral order and control of people through governance. David, I think it's one thing that everything you just you and Father just both put together there. I mean, there's a lot. There's a lot there. The average person is living in a state of normalcy bias. You know, when I see you know polls out there that'll say you know uh, the president's approval rating has dropped to forty percent, I think okay, those forty percent clearly aren't watching anything happening in the world right now. They're living in a whole different world. How can you approve of anything regarding what's going on on the southern border, what happened in Afghanistan, what's going on with, with all the manipulation and lies and so forth that, that are happening in our world and in our country right now? So now that being said, as you unpack this in these last couple of years have been really tumultuous for so many people, it doesn't look like it's changing. Big government doesn't like to give up power, never ever really does. Just like, you know, back in, I think it was early 1900s when they first said we need to institute a, a federal tax and it was like one or 2%. And it's only gone up from there and they're still wanting it to go up. And this current Build Back Better bill that they're trying to shove through, and of course it didn't get through right away, but they're going to keep working on it. Mm -hmm. A term that's been used, you mentioned Great Reset and uh, the Greatest Reset and the Great Reset idea that this is something that other countries are talking about as well. This, there is a global push right now. And a lot of people are living in a normalcy biased mindset, but this global push to actually kind of have a one world government, one world domination, is that true or not from what you see? Because I think that that's very apparent and they haven't even hidden this anymore. When Prince Charles and Klaus Schwab and Justin Trudeau and John Kerry and many others have come out with this mantra of, you know, this, this latest sickness, we have to be careful now because YouTube will take anything down that sounds like it's sounding anti- <gasps> We have to speak in code now, right? But this sickness has become used now, manipulated. And they've even said, Prince Charles, Justin Trudeau, Klaus Schwab, this will be used to help prepare people for the Great Reset. Speak a little bit to, a little more to that, because it is more of a kind of a Masonic or a communist mindset of global domination that is clearly anti-God at its real core. So what, what is it about this, this Great Reset mindset that we're dealing with right now? Or this, not mindset, the action that's happening. It's just it's just man po trying to pose as God, really. It's, it's really right. um, we right. see what you know. Eve Eve's issue really was that she wanted to be like God, right? Right. And so we, we see things like the Tower of Babylon, and we see this today with big tech and this 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 order with trying to unite people by controlling them. It's really just people posing God, trying to be like God, and but it's always in this demonic way, right? Mm -hmm. And so I know Father can speak more to that, but that, that's definitely what I see. It's just it's just a, a, a repetition of, of the history, just repeating itself over and over and over again. Yeah, I, you know when you were talking about the two hundred years and what happened each time. So, you know, the Protestant Reformation mm. right around the Enlightenment time, and, and going into the Freemasonry a couple hundred years later, and then the communism. Uh, what ties those together in my mind is it's a war on the supernatural. Mm. And, you know, and why? And then you, you said it too, because man wants to be God and he wants to have that kind of power. And as long as there is an actual God, 
and there is such a thing as a supernatural power, that's, mm -hmm. that's going to stand athwart uh, any of that. I got to read this quote from uh, Dr. Alice Von Hildebrand, who I was thinking about when you were talking about this, uh, David. She said, now let us abolish the terms conservative or liberal, the terms left and right, which are secularistic. I suggest that we say from now on, those who have kept the sense of the supernatural and those who have lost it, that is the great divide. That is the essence. Do you look at the church and her teachings, whether dogmatic or moral, with a supernatural eye, or do you look at, uh, at it with a secular lens? Mm -hmm. That is the divide. Left and right confuses the issue. Let us rediscover the greatness and the beauty of, su of the supernatural. And I claim that it is so difficult in this polluted world in which we live that if we don't pray, pray for it every day, every single day, we are going to be infected. It is in the air that you breathe, the newspaper that you read, the television show that you see. Time and again, you will see this is a fight and attack on the supernatural. Mm. I don't know what you guys think, David. Uh, mm. It seems like, again, the 200-year thing, it's, those are all things that wanted to root out the supernatural. And, and, and we've gone through a, a horrific time since the Council of Vatican II. I don't point to the Council. Um, I think that, uh, you know, my, my, re my understanding of it is that the original uh, documents were a little bit more clear. And I think they muddied them up a little bit mm -hmm. so that when the council was over, the progressive, more aggressive bishops said, okay, hold my beer and step aside. And they took control after mm -hmm. the council. And what did they do? It was a war on the supernatural. You can look everything that they did. It was, it was to root out the supernatural. I, I keep talking about my, my seminary days in 1980s. You know, we, you know, we were told that, uh, the, 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 this is the classic one, that the multiplication of loaves and fishes was just Jesus shared. And that was, that was a good model of sharing. And so everybody probably brought their own lunch. And so they realized that they had more than enough left over as long as they shared. So it was a big peace and justice thing, but no miracle here, you know, right? And <clears throat> we, we, we were just... If, when I look back now on my seminary formation, I can say that the theme, the theme was to make sure that we no longer believed in this medieval nonsense of the supernatural. Yeah. What do you, what's your take on that, David? The war on the supernatural. And I think it's come to fold. I mean, <laughs> the clearest evidence is that right now today, when you had Swiss guards being terminated from their jobs, Swiss guards not receiving a paycheck just because they don't want to comply with this um, this mandate that's coming out of out of headquarters. Mm -hmm. um, people not receiving their paychecks, people who work there, people not being allowed to into headquarters, the Vatican, unless you you've been re um, comply with the mandate um, physically by being injected or can I, can I have just some. I just want to interrupt right here. I think it's a time to say and bring in um, an image that we, we need to see here. Ah! They'll never take our freedom. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. That's what I get yeah. from that, David, is the, the yeah. Vatican guards are saying, I don't think so. Right. Right. In the their, other thing I'm hearing, too, is that people uniform. want the religious, religious exemption and, are, and their superiors are going, oh, wait a minute. The Pope isn't allowing that, you know? Yeah. So how are you claiming a religious exemption? So it's, it's, it's yeah. tough. Yeah. 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 But like, but like you said, I mean, this is, this is a denial of the supernatural. I mean, you, you would think 
there was a time 200 2000 years ago where our lord and savior never told anyone to go get a vax right or or go rely on human effort alone right right and and you know we don't deny science of course science helps but the, the idea of mandating something that's just earthly and, and not trusting, it, it's just so disappointing. So disappointing and that our, our leadership is just, is, 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 is not, they're pointing to human solution. They're pointing to the, the Holy Trinity of, of Fauci and the CDC and Biden, whoever this, this unholy Trinity, yeah. rather than, than pointing to God. It, it's, it's so, it's so disappointing. Yeah, that is, and that's 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 incredibly well put, and it's becoming more and more obvious that it's become kind of cult like, you know, and it's become a bit of a religion. A religion, yeah, it, it really is, and and the fear that has gripped people, and I think back to your what you mentioned, Father, about the attack against the supernatural. If anything is an indicator about where we are with the supernatural, it's what has happened over the last couple of years as all this has unfolded. I mean, before this hit, and churches were locked down and closed up and confession was was limited. We had only about 21% of Catholics were going to Mass in America faithfully. It was, what, 10%, 5%, I think someone told me, in Europe, uh, mm-hmm. 10% in Australia, Canada, places like this. So now with the churches being locked up and closed and you know restrictions on even receiving the sacrament of confession, it got even worse. And even when they started to open back up, still the numbers, you know, some of the reports were people just, you know, they, they just weren't as interested. They were still more afraid and I love there was a, uh, something put on social media that said, when you come down to receive our Lord and Holy Communion, if you are more concerned about getting sick at that moment than you are about receiving the body, blood, soul, and the of Jesus, you got some issues that need to be reordered in your life. And I, I see all this as part of the attack against the supernatural, as, as you're saying, that yeah. this is just, this is a very problematic time right now. Um, I mean, David, where, where, I mean, before we get to the point later in the show here about where do you think this is all going and what like what advice we can come up with to deal with it, um, mm-hmm. you know, an encouragement for people. Um, before we get to that point, as we see all this unfolding, I mean, it, 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 I would like to say that, you know, I'm waiting for the next shoe to drop. And every day a shoe seems to drop, you know, for, for uh, you know, teachers unions to be now calling mm-hmm. on the DOJ to call on the FBI to go after people who are standing up and, it, uh, you know, before school boards saying, wait a minute, we don't like what you're teaching our kids. Now they're going to be referred to as terrorists for doing this. I mean, this is a, a very communist Marxist sort of, uh, you know, approach. This is this threatening. This is this the chilling effect. I think, Father, you referred to it as um, it's it's the, sh- you know, to use the term shoot a hostage to let everybody know how serious they are about right. this. They're, right. They'll go after anybody because, you know, for those parents out there. You know, and some watching and listening right now who have started to feel emboldened and empowered to be able to stand up and just speak clearly and boldly. Now this is going to cause some of them to pull back and say, oh, wait a minute. I don't know now. I don't know. And it will diminish some of the ranks, I think. But I also think it may cause others to say, oh, yeah. All right. This is getting serious because they'll never take our freedom. (laughs) Okay. And so, I mean, David, as we see these shoes continue to drop and you coming from the background as you did, you know, as, as, a, as a Mason, I mean, there, there is this constant effort to manipulate and inject fear and bully. Mm-hmm. It's like federal bullying going on now. Yeah. Okay. As these steps unfold, wh- wh- where do you see all of that going? I mean, at every level. I mean, in institutional church, in, in government, in schools, in sports. 
I mean, my friends, they, they just send a text, hey, are we going to going to um New York to catch a basketball game this year? And I'm like, dude, I can't. There's, I can't even go into McDonald's restaurant and eat there because I, you know, I haven't, I haven't complied with the mandate. So I mean, just everywhere. But the thing about the reason, the reason why I don't think America goes the way we, that we see in Australia, and New Zealand, and other places, is because of the things that you've been involved with um, lately, Doug. That in America we just have too many guns. So I, I don't, I don't think. They're able to control us. Time out real quick there. The way you worded that, the things that you've been involved with lately. (laughs) Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, you weren't in in Washington on January 6th. My bad. Let me let me correct that. So (laughs) I wasn't there. I wasn't there. Yeah, yeah. So NSA is listening. So Doug, Doug has been involved with getting people battle ready. Rosary and and yeah, having their water in their fridge, just having being prepared for the worst. That's what I mean, NSA. That's That's it. Yeah. And, but no, but really, I mean, they haven't. They'll never take our freedom. freedom. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah, and, and so yeah, I just think I don't think this country ever truly goes away. I mean, they'll never take our freedom because there's there's people in this country who truly believe they're free and they're able. They have the tools to be able to fight for their freedom physically. So I, well, I don't I, think I'm worried about that. Yeah, and I would agree with you at that point. Is that you know Australia. Venezuela, they it, it, look. We just need to be honest about it. They did surrender their own ability to personally defend themselves from a bad guy or a tyrannical government. Right. Um, there's an old saying in Venezuela that in 2012 we handed over our firearms, and by 2017 we were eating dogs in the streets. All right. Australia did something similar with regards to, you know, the government said, hey, we can make things safer. They willingly kind of handed their firearms over. And shortly after that, crime started to spike. Now they're in a position where they're they're Much of Australia is like a police state. You can't go more than five kilometers from your home. I can't even get to the grocery store if I can't go more than five kilometers, roughly two and a half miles from my home. But but you're right, David, in America, there is still a different sense of I don't think so. You know what? We were, we were just <laughs> and really just put, bluntly put. I don't think so. All right. They'll never take our freedom. <laughs> yeah, you'll never take our freedom. <laughs> you know, and and it's and I, I hate to say it. I, you're right. I do. I, I I encourage people to be better prepared. Body, mind, soul. That's a big part of our of our battery coalition. Yeah, right. I'm not warmongering at all. I am <laughs> all, adamant about peacefulness, yep. but I am also adamant about legit, but but legitimate self defense. That God, right, right, right. security. Security. That's it. I'm adamant about security. I mean, to be safe and secure is a right. God-given thing that we, we should not ever deny right. anybody's safety and security from right. anybody who wants to cooperate with evil on any level, yeah. spiritually or naturally. And we need to be we need to be men and women who understand God's order of that. It's in the catechism. St. Thomas Aquinas talks about it, about being mm-hmm. bound to protect yourself in the face of confrontation of something that could be could be detrimental to birth. Anyway, all of that. I think you're right, though. That one thing that you said, I just want to emphasize. In America, there is something there where mm-hmm. people just kind of have that at- attitude of, you know what? No, we're going to come together. We're going to do it as peacefully as possible. Peacefully yeah. as possible. Yeah. We're going to turn to prayer. Father Heilman has been exceptional in that. And I wish more priests would it would follow his lead with his Thursday night holy hours, mm-hmm. you know, to heal our nation. And then, of course, Gracie's Cafe, where they get together and they <laughs> eat and enjoy fellowship and company. Right. But it is all about turning everything over to God first, peacefully. Mm-hmm. But on a natural level, still, we have constitutional rights and we need to be able to 
to live those out. So when, when the government gets to this point of federal bullying by saying we're going to sick the FBI after someone who actually stands up to a school board and says, I'd just like to see the curriculum you're teaching my kids. Oh, no, no, you must be racist. You must be fascist. You must be a terrorist. Now the term terrorist, this is getting much, much more serious as these shoes continue to drop. And I just say, I'll say this and pass it back, that we have got to really redouble our efforts, number one, with prayer, sacrifice, as St. John Paul II said, our two most powerful weapons against evil are prayer and sacrifice. Our Lady says this uh, when she speaks uh, the apparition of July 13th, 1917, after she shows the children the vision of hell. Prayer and sacrifice to help souls. And if we're not taking this seriously enough, if we were taking it seriously enough, I should put it this way, we would be turning to prayer and sacrifice it, it just part of our, as part of our life much more so than ever before. Yeah. So we don't have to get to the next level, which could become much, much more brutal. And we don't want to get there. Yeah. yeah. It, the, I, which leads very, very well, Doug, to what I wanted to get into as well, is that we're on the eve of Our Lady of the Rosary, formerly called Our Lady of Victory. And now we're at, it's the 450th anniversary of the Battle of Lepanto tomorrow uh, on, on October 7th. Right. Uh, when in 1571, and I'm just going to give a real brief overview of it, but um, that what happened was is the Ottoman Turks, okay, saw Christianity in a dire situation. I mean, they were all divided. They were totally weak. And I always say at this point, what's that sound like? You know, you just laid it out, Doug, beautifully. I mean, what's going on in Europe? Who's going to church anymore? We're all divided. You, you, know, you can believe in, uh, you know, a, a man sharing a bathroom with a little girl and still be a good Catholic or, you know, killing a baby in the womb. Uh, uh, we're, and so, so uh, we were sitting ducks and, and for this tyranny to say, okay, this is our time. We're coming mm -hmm. in. Just like it happened in 1571, 450 years ago. And then what happened? Pope St. Pius V said, not on my watch, okay? Mm -hmm. He got a, a great general, Don John of Austria, young guy at the time, actually, and he worked to get everybody united. He, he, he rallied the remnant armies, is the way we referred to. But, but the, 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 the last remaining spots of strength, he got that, them all together. That's what, we're, that's what we're trying to do. You know, you talked about what we're doing on Thursday nights. Um, or, or we're just concluding the 54-day Rosary Novena. You know, we got 77,000 people in the United States Grace Force. Uh, we've, uh, we've had the church, um, you know, foolish every Thursday night. Uh, and what are we doing? We're uniting. We're uniting together. We're uniting with Christ. We're uniting with each other. Uh, but then what did Pope Pius V do? Beside get ever united? He called on the supernatural power of the rosary. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can't, you can't talk about the rosary because, listen, we look like idiots twiddling beads. And, and modernist progressives uh, will mock us for twiddling our beads. Okay? But what is that? And I always say, too, that, that the fact that we, that, that we have this weapon, the rosary, uh, it, it's so much like what happened in, in the Garden of Eden. Because look at what God did. He said, hey, you get this beautiful garden. Just don't eat that apple tree over there. You know, it, what a ridiculous request. You know, it's silly to an onlooker, right? Mm -hmm. So it is. So obeying God in this way. And then 
accepting the amazing gift of the mother of God uh, as our advocate, our defense attorney before the throne of God is amazing. She's a mom. She tenderly loves us and she's, she's, she's looking out for us. It said she's holding the arm of God right now, his wrath right now. Um, but, but, and then, but I want to quickly say a couple other dates though, is that it, uh, this is another dot I connected is that we talked about October 6th as a possible time when the, when the, when the elite came out of Wuhan. Well, we didn't know about it till when, I mean, we didn't really take it seriously at all until when yeah. January 31st, 2020 mm. was when, uh, uh, president Trump did a travel ban. And everybody went, wait, what? I mean, it's that serious? Because we mm. weren't taking it very seriously at the time. I think mm -hmm. Fauci was even saying, oh, it's a virus, you don't have to worry. You know, but well, and, and at that point too, Father, just to, just to throw in a couple of thoughts here, is that a lot of key Democrats were saying, oh, this is not big a deal. You can still go right. out shopping. You can still come to Chinatown. You can this, you can that. They were really downplaying the whole thing. Right. You know, and, and but you're right. When he said that, that just threw everybody for a loop and kind of woke up a lot of the masses of people. But what's interesting about January 31st, that's the Feast of St. John Bosco. See, right. I'm connecting dots here again. Wow. So oh, they're connected he dots. Had, he's most known for his dream of the two pillars or columns. Yeah. And on one column was the Holy Eucharist and the uh, uh, higher column. And on a lower column was uh, uh, the Blessed Mother. And so these, uh, right away then, we're, we're being instructed, I feel, this is the way that we're going to counter all this is through the Holy Eucharist and through the blessed mother. Right. Mm -hmm. And and so, uh, so then, and here's the other, here's the other date I'm going to throw out to, and I hope people don't find me boring, <laughs> but I find this very interesting, but uh, all of a sudden this, we were told that there's going to be this, uh, this celestial event on December 21st, which is the long, longest, uh, the shortest day of the year. Okay, uh, that's the winter solstice. Yeah, um, sure it's the shortest day, the darkest day of the year, right? So on that date comes this celestial event of what people named the Christmas star because it was so close to Christmas. Is uh, Saturn and Jupiter aligned together to make this bright star? And they said this hasn't happened for eight hundred years. Well, right away I said to myself, oh. Uh, let me see what happened the last time it, this occurred. And you, people can Google this right now. You can, I think it's 1226, but you can also Google the last time this, uh, this celestial event occurred. But if you go there, they own, they, most sites only point out two things. And they're both Catholic things, um, interestingly enough, is St. Francis of Assisi passed to eternal life. And I do think he plays a role in, in this, uh, especially as councils of perfection with uh, poverty, chastity, obedience, but in other ways too. But so there's that. This, the other thing that they point out is the first time that the practice of Eucharistic adoration moved out of the monasteries and into parishes. It was the first time Eucharistic adoration was offered to the laity, uh, the last time the Christmas star appeared. So I'm sitting here going, sometimes God whispers and sometimes he shouts. Mm. And I, I just believe, and this is where I want us to get into, because I, I know, David, you have a lot of insight into, you know, how we can he heal our land, right? How we can find healing in this time, how we can counter this aggressive demonic offensive that, that we're facing with right now. 
and I I personally believe that it's it's the two pillars of John Bos John Don John Bosco, <laughs> but the Eucharist and Our Lady. And here yeah. we are, we're, we're uh, on the eve of Our Lady of Victory, the 450th anniversary of the Battle of Lepanto. Uh, what do you think, David, <laughs> about my little treaties there? Yeah, and a common theme of everything, from, John, from Our Lady to John Bosco, um, you're talking about people who had the patience, the interest, the intentionality to do the, the one thing that we all need to do, and that's just listen to God. Right. right. And I think that's what's not, that's the main thing that's missing in today's society, this exactly. indifferentism, this apathy. No one's taking the time to listen to God. We're listening to everything but God. Um, um, and, and that's more of this, the, the, the self-idolatry and making ourselves out to be God. You know, I like to tell the story of well, I don't like to tell oftentimes tell it of when you know we talked about you know I was a Freemason but you know that had its consequences so at some point in time in my life I was intense suffering right I didn't see any reason to live you know I was still a Gnostic at a time sometimes I was a deist just depending upon how life was going but I had reached a point of suffering where nothing really mattered to me that I didn't really see any point of continuing to live, you know, I had somewhere else better to be than this, you know, was, and so I'm, so I decided to kill myself through um, asphyxiation, through suicide. So I'm trying to suffocate myself and I'm trying to turn my head. I made a rope and put it around my neck and I'm trying to turn it to suffocate myself. And about a second and a half turn, I hear a voice. And that voice says, I love you. I'm here. And, and so immediately I, I asked the question in my head, like, whoa, who is that? You know, and the answer that came back was Jesus, which is, you know, a strange answer for me at the time, but Jesus wow. fiction. And so that's usually how I tell the story, but there is a story in between those two that, that, that goes back to the point I was saying that why did I, like Father and Doug, why did I have to ask the question in my head, mm. whose voice was that? Yeah. And it's because I had never heard the voice of mm -hmm. Jesus. Well, I thought I'd never heard it, right? So I didn't know the voice, which is opposite of prayer. Whenever we pray, God always hears our voice, right? Mm -hmm. The saints and angels participate in that awesome mystery. You know, when we pray, when we speak audibly or with the voice, our internal voice, the spirit praying for us, God hears our voice. But the problem in society today was a problem I had when I wanted when I took life into my own hands was that I didn't know the voice of God and I wasn't trying to listen to the voice of God. Yeah. And inside of the day, we have this complete disinterest in, in both of those things. We don't hear God's voice. We really think we don't, and we don't want to hear it. We don't know how to hear it. We don't know where to find it. And and as I, you know, before I came on here, I was doing this mass nightmares episode talking about some of these horrible liturgies. And sometimes even Catholics, we go to mass and rather than hearing God's voice, you know, we're just inundated with right. self-indulgence, right? right? And so it's difficult in today's society. But one thing that we have to stay away from, one thing is the most dangerous person we have to stay away from if we're going to regain our senses is just watch out for people in our lives who is clearly obvious they are not listening to God. They're listening to their, and because of that, 
they're doing what Freemasons do. They're, they're turning to the world and trying to come up with natural solutions, either from Mother Earth, Mother Goddess, right. or from politics or policy or, or from whatever. So th those are the dangerous people that we have to um, 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 notice in our society if we're going to regain our, our senses, I, I believe. The, the, the people that count themselves as God, because when mm. you get disconnected, as they did in the, the Garden of Eden, you know, right. Satan told them, you will become as God yourself. And, and, uh, and that's what happens when we get disconnected. We start playing God for ourselves. Well, and, and that's what it feels like right now with everything happening the way it is, the way it's been unfolding. I mean, and get your, both your thoughts on this. I, I, I want to back up real quick and just say one thing, you know, fathers, you were going through the whole, you know, um, you know, the whole story of uh, Pope St. Pius V and, you know, when he called out to, um, you know, Don Juan of Austria to, to pull together an army, you know, to go out and, and engage spiritually and physically in this, this right. time, I, I can only imagine that, you know, he may have cried out from, you know, the balcony, you know, to the people in the streets below, they'll never take our freedom. <laughs> I just have to believe he said that somewhere in this. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, that, I, I've been wanting to say that for a while. Anyway, uh, <laughs> to get to the point, though, is we are living in a time where it feels like, like so many people are playing God. So many people are playing governors in states are playing this, this emperor role. You know, mm -hmm. I'm in charge. I'm this. We're going to do this. Now we're going to make you this. Now we're going to make you, sure that you have another medical procedure. And these medical procedures will continue because there are new changes in the way we're being hit with this sickness. Code language here, everybody, because we don't want to be removed. <laughs> but the point we're getting at here, clearly, everyone, is there is this, as Father said, when we drift away from God, we want to make ourselves God. And and that, that just seems to be so much of what Satan, you know, the serpent tricked Eve with, you know, he doesn't want you to eat from this tree because then you'll be like a God. You'll you'll yep. know everything. And, yep. yeah. and she did that's learn a lot more, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah she learned more than what she wanted to know exactly <laughs> yeah then she turns to her husband adam i got something for you and his response what okay <laughs> yeah yeah and men seem to be yeah <laughs> anyway from that day forward but uh you know but I, I you know i'm not trying to you know bust on adam too much here although i guess the church fathers did say we had father ripperger on here and he said that when eve committed that sin she violated i think what five or so different categories of, of, of the fall. And when Adam committed the sin, he, he crossed like eight different areas just because wow. his position of being the spiritual head, the leader, the protector, mm. the defender, you know, it was more on him than it was on her to have defended against the enemy. You know, I would say, where was he? Why wasn't he there when the serpent was coming around? I figured he was out watching football. Oh yes, Doug, they had no football. Ah, but they had bears and they had lions Oh, wow. And there was wow. You went there. You went there. Wow. <laughs> I did. I went there. It's a terrible joke. I know, David, you're, you're more of a comedian than I am. But uh... <laughs> that's good. I like that. I like that. But it does come back to what you were saying, Father, about, about this man desiring to play God. Right. Seems to be they don't call it the original kind of sin for nothing, you know, and, and, yeah. and it's washed from us at baptism, meaning what? I, I, I don't profess to be my own God. I want God to be my God. And so now we lean into his truth. The, 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 the one story, too, that, that is so uh, powerful in understanding adoration is Martha and Mary. 
mm. you know they got the second person of the holy trinity right in their living room which by the way is the is the gospel the day before today uh and yeah. but they got the second and martha's just like oh yeah we got a guest you know i'll cook some spaghetti over here you know and that's kind of <laughs> like what you were talking about david about the liturgy can be that way where yeah yeah i guess i guess jesus is over there in the tabernacle and yeah, yeah. yeah whatever you know let's hold hands and let's uh, let's have a nice conversation but anyways but mary stops she's she, the second person like trinity's in my living room you know she stops she gets as close as you can and she she peers into his eyes and hangs on his every word she listens she mm -hmm. listens i always say too you know if anybody if everybody discovered adoration how could you sit there like for even a half hour but an hour how could you sit there adoring the lord and then come out and go yeah i'm gonna vote for abortion <laughs> you can't do it you can't do it because it was a game changer okay yeah. the your religion your faith changed because you made it something that's not like Martha, but is like Mary. And and Jesus said, you know, uh, Martha, you get uh, worried and uh, anxious about everything because you're disconnected, mm. not realizing the second person, Holy Trinity is in. And, 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 and then he goes to Mary has chosen the better part, the, the one thing necessary. I like to use Latin, the unum necessarium, the one thing necessary. Mm. And what is the one thing necessary? Adore the Lord in the Holy Eucharist. Yeah. That's the one thing necessary. And then let Mary be your mom. There's the two pillars right there. Let, yeah. let, let, her, let her hold your hand. Let her defend you before the throne of God. I mean, it's, it's, it's amazing. But once yeah. you get into that place, uh, you can't walk away from it going, yeah, abortion's fine. You, know, you can't do it. No, you can't. Yeah. You can't. Too much conflict within the soul. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm, you're in a whole different realm now because, because now, and this is, I, I teach on this a lot, especially lady, but you've received the Holy Spirit gift of fear of the Lord. Mm. You received awe and wonder. And so that, that opens the door to all the other gifts of the Holy Spirit once you do that. But, what, but, but basically what you're doing there is you're, you are in essence saying, no, I'm not my own God, nor is yeah. anybody over on MSNBC or anything else. Uh, they're not my gods either. God, you're my God. That, that's why people of great faith um, seem so tuned in. But really what I call that, they've got the Holy Spirit gift of wisdom. You know, they're not just intelligent. They have a sense mm -hmm. of, of, you know, true right and wrong and, and, and why we're here and what is our mission. They have this wisdom about them that, they've, yeah. that they receive yeah. through the Holy Spirit gift. Yeah. yeah. I, think, I think going back to Genesis as well, there's, there's a, there's a nuptial aspect as well to listening. And, you know, husbands notice as well that notice when after God put Adam under anesthesia, right. Um, you know, to, to get rid from, right. uh, um, you know, he forms woman out of that rib and notice in the scriptures say, it looks like a wedding, doesn't it? Cause Adam's there and it says God brought Eve to Adam, like sort of like, like the father brings the, the bride down the middle of the aisle. So he brought Eve to Adam, which, which is, okay, this is nuptial. That, that's that's right. marriage. And so Adam, he, he listens to this woman who God brought to him. And, you know, that, of course, that's why he says, well, the woman who you, you, 
he brought here. He gave me. She's the one that told me, yeah, right? Yeah. But, but then fall. notice how. But then notice how the Jesus is different, right? Notice how the Son, the Father, brings us the Son, right? And what he says at the baptism, um, he says, "This is my Son, who I'm well pleased." Listen to him, right? And, and so it's a different type of nuptial that we have as, as Catholics with, with Christ. And going back to that dynamic, how important it is just to listen to him. And of course, the best place to listen, of course, silently at the you know adoration, listen to his words at at the liturgy. And hopefully, what the priest is offering it is something like what I know Father Hamlin offers. I listen to a lot of his homilies, a, a, a homily that connects us with the greatest mystery on earth that's about to happen: Christ becoming present, truly present at the Holy Eucharist. So, he, you know, Father Hamlin always connects the greatest mystery with his homily that's about to happen. So, hopefully, you're at a church like that. If you, if you, if that's not happening. Then what's happening at, at your liturgy is the priest is really exercising some, doing some little some self indulgence, and he's not listening himself. So right. we have to we have to listen um, to God, and um, and I think that that's you know a solution to everything is holiness, right? Mm -hmm. We oftentimes want to point to, and I'll end it here. You know, we oftentimes want to point to everything being a solution. Pope Francis is talking about just let's get the zero emissions that'll save the world, or you know we have. 15 days to slow the curve, <clears throat> five days to slow the spread. We keep pointing to all these different mm. solutions to, to fix things, but uh, we, we know uh, racism is, is the worst thing on earth. We got to stop racism. We have all these problems, but the solution, no, notice the solution people offer is never holiness. If you have just yeah. more holy people on earth, you have less sin. You have less sin, you have a better society, right? And so holiness is the solution to everything. Let's just preach holiness. Let's encourage holiness. If we get if we get holiness right, right, everything else falls in place. Seek ye right. first the kingdom of God, and everything else will be added unto you. Yep. Holiness is the key. But I mean, that, yeah, that begins that begins by life. listening. Yep. Yeah. Enter the divine life. And that and that yeah. seems to go back to uh all ages, all centuries throughout mankind. It always goes back to that key place right there. You know, as everybody's talking about, you know, it's a new program, it's a new $3.5 trillion spending bill. You know, this is how we're gonna fix it. We need more social justice programs, <laughs> you know, because the greatest existential threat to mankind is climate change. You know, so we need uh, less people because of the footprint, uh, carbon footprint, all this. And you're right. It goes back to, wait a minute, turn to God. I just can't imagine God saying to Adam and Eve, be fruitful and multiply. And then years later, he says, oh, what have I done? Um, it's getting out of hand. I hope they can figure it out now. You know, it's it, the, the craziness of, of That's funny. looking at this. <laughs> You know, but you know, you go back to that whole point about they'll never take our freedom as the title of our show. They'll never take our freedom. I feel like when Martha and Mary, you know, Father was thinking about this as you were describing that scene, I feel like, and then what David, as you were saying about just listening to Jesus, really, really deeply listening, I feel like if we really listen to him, he says to us clearly, even from the cross, especially as, as, he, as he lays his life down, he can say to us, you know, if he were to add an eighth word from the cross. Here, wait, here it comes. Here it comes. Not, not that I'm trying. No, no, I'm not going to say it that way. <laughs> I'm not going to say it that way, David. I'm not. 
<laughs> I feel like Jesus could look at us very sincerely and say, if you cling to the cross, if you come to me, they will never be able to take your freedom. Uh, okay, okay. Your, your true Yeah, I'm going to get reverent here because okay, it's our okay. Lord's words. You know, but seriously, they can't. I mean, you think about St. Maximilian Colby, perfect example. One of the most disastrous positions a person can be in a concentration camp, starving in a pit, you know, with everybody else dying around you and the pressure from the enemy and he just extends his arm when they come in there to inject him with the carbolic acid because he knows you can't take my true freedom mm. because my true freedom is in the grace of God, being in the state of grace, being with Christ, mm. you know, and that's, nothing I think, freeing. yeah, nothing more freeing than that. And it goes back, you know, I think we're all kind of saying the same thing essentially is no matter what man throws at us, no matter what new big tech government, like you mentioned, David, early on, which is a real good way of putting it because they are manipulating and controlling a lot. They're in cahoots with the feds and the whole ball of wax is just so yeah. corrupt. Yeah. And yet we're all sitting there going, what do we do? What do we do? Well, we do what the saints have done, what, what, what the saints have shown us, what our Lord showed us. We go back. It, you know, evil is still evil. People can cooperate with evil and oppress you. You do your best absolutely naturally to protect and defend, you know, to, for safety and security. That's obviously what, 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 what's a good thing. But if it comes to push the shove, and I, this is in the, and I don't know if this is true or not, um, that Thomas More really said this, but it's in the movie Man for All Seasons. Um, it's right after he said, they'll never take our free. No, he didn't say that. Okay. But it is a scene in there where he says to his, he says to his daughter when she comes to him and she says, you know, the king has this oath. We all have to take this oath, you know, or, or else. And he says, what is the wording of it? And she says, what does it matter? And he says, the words matter. We might be able to take it without compromising our faith. Okay. He says, God gives us wits and we must use our wits to try to escape. But if God closes all the doors, then we die like champions and it's a great line, but as long as we're alive, we have to use our wits to try to deal with what's going on in the world, mm. not to compromise, of course, but to be clever enough to try to preserve life, preserve truth for ourselves and the generations to come. But, you know, David, as you've seen all these things unfold and you've come obviously from a background of, of, of masonry and, and I didn't know that about your life. I mean, I appreciate you being, you know, um, open enough to share that, you know, that time when things were so you know, confusing and heavy in your life that you were, you were looking at taking your own life and, mm. you know, and then you heard Christ, which is amazing and, and powerful. But as you've come through all of that to where you are now, husband, father, you know, um, one of the greatest theologians on the planet, I think is what, you know, people are, are saying about you. Yeah. You know, you got a radio show on Guadalupe radio, you know, <laughs> father and I, we're just, we're just trying to make it happen on the internet and you're on Guadalupe radio. So good for you, man. But, <laughs> As you've seen all this unfold, um, where where do you see it? I mean, and I know you you know you you yeah, maybe God give you gives you prophetic visions and images, but just naturally looking <laughs> looking at the signs of our times, which Christ says you got to pay attention to the signs of the times. I mean, he yeah. mentions that in the Gospels. As you see these signs naturally occurring, honestly, where do you see this going? Because as the government, it inflicts more damage, more pressure, you know, they want 80,000 IRS agents to manipulate our, you know, monitor our bank accounts. They want banks to turn over 
any sort of, you know, transaction to $600 or more, all these things that are happening, you know, the, you know, the federal bullying of, of people who stand up for their children and in, in parent teacher meetings and, and before school boards and all, where do you see this going simply by looking at the natural signs of the times? Yeah. yeah, that's a great question. Like you said, Jesus said, pay attention to the signs. You know, jo Joseph Smith, uh, you know, one of the founders of the Mormons, um, you know, himself a Freemason, mm. um, um, you know, someone asked him that question, you know, was, was, what do we do in this in the new country? What is, what is God speaking to us? So Joseph Smith had put out a pair of magical spectacles, right? Like this. And, and these are the actual spectacles. I found them. That's really the funny thing about the Mormons. Where's the spectacles at? Where's these magic glasses? And but 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 the, the weren't there I, golden I think, tablets involved yeah, in the whole the thing, go, too? Yeah, the golden tablets, yeah. And so where's those at? But I think I've heard Frau Hamann say this too at some point in time that, you know, we we don't know the end times, right? And we, right. we talked about that on the show before, and, you know, Jesus said he'll come like a thief in the night. But honestly, you know, Father Hamann and Doug, it just, if Jesus is going to come like a thief in the night, literally, it just seems dark outside right now, right? It just, <laughs> it just... Does it just seem dark outside? I don't know what time it, it is. I don't yeah. know if it's the middle of the night. I don't know if we're on daylight savings time. I don't know if it's like a 7 p.m. dark, but it just, it just seems dark. Mm. And that's just, that's really just how I'm approaching it. And I've been trying to pray much more fervently lately, just because. Me too. It just worries me because things are moving so fast. It seems. Yeah, there, there seems to be an acceleration and an urgency in general. And I would just caution everybody out there not to panic or, or be fearful. But as you two both just said, pray more fervently. I mean, there's no time to mess around. I mean, one thing we didn't even address is the supply chains on a natural level. You know, the ships that have been sitting out at sea on, off the coast for weeks over a month, I mean, there's this disruption in our food supply that, that is already happening. Some shelves in grocery stores are, are, are bare. And you know what's interesting, you know, gentlemen, is I don't know about you, but you kind of start getting used to seeing a shelf or two bare as if that's just mm. kind of the so-called quote-unquote new normal. And we shouldn't be getting used to this when, you know, we shouldn't have to see these things unfolding this way. But much of this has to do with government manipulation and, and so forth. But you're right. There is a, there, there's this kind of this darkness, this cloudiness, this heaviness that's out there. I like what Father says. He's very optimistic. He's a glass half full, you know, but he also calls out the fact that, you know, evil's being exposed and evil's getting, as Father Ripperger said, very much like a child, you know, and stomping its feet and wanting its way. And I just would say that the collateral damage that we're seeing right now is people are losing their jobs left and right. I mean, medical professionals who a year ago were our frontline heroes. And now mm. they're being easily thrown under the bus, tossed to the curb, left in the wake. And they're being called the opposition or the threat or the danger because they won't accept the medical procedure. Yeah. I, this, the insanity of how fast these things, as you mentioned, David, these things are happening so fast. Yeah. I, 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 I was just to say that, uh, and I think that's what's happening is Satan is overreaching. Mm. And, and like I've been mm. saying too, is our, our resolve is rising, right? The resolve is rising to, to, to what? To, to say, to stand up and go, they'll never take our freedom, right? Um, Pope Pius V, right? The, the Holy League with, the, with uh, the feast that we have tomorrow. Here's what he said. All the strength of Satan's reign is due to the easygoing weakness of Catholics. Mm -hmm. 
and I've been seeing it all along too. I mean, it's our fault. I mean, yeah. we, we left the door open yeah. and, and Satan and his minions just walked in, just you know, and, in. and we sat there and went, Oh, I got to go shopping and golfing now or whatever. But that those days are over because it's it, like mm -hmm. I say, Satan is overreaching so much that, that people are going not, not on my watch. Uh, they'll yeah. never take our freedom and more and more are rising up. Speaking of rising up, and I'm looking at the clock, and I think we got to go pretty quick, but I want to get one word in for sure, is this coming Sunday is the big event. Mm -hmm. So this is when uh, the whole nation is invited to get a group, and a group can be two or more people, and to stand outside someplace. It could be outside your front door. We want to do it on the ground outside and, uh, and take your rosary with you because – at 3 p.m. Central and 4 p.m. Eastern and so on, uh, at that exact moment, uh, Bishop Joseph Coffey, of the uh, uh, Auxiliary Bishop of the, of the Archdiocese of the Military, will be leading us in the glorious mysteries of the Rosary as a nation. Can you imagine that? And we're going to be out, Doug, you and I are going to be out there yep. in Washington, D.C., uh, we kind of call that the, um, I don't know, the launch point or the epicenter or whatever. But we're going to be on, right on the nation's capital grounds, right in front of the reflecting pool with uh, Bishop Coffey and uh, uh, Father Chris Alar is going to be there and uh, Monsignor Charles Pope and uh, Father Stephen Embarado. Uh, who am I missing there, Doug? I don't yeah. know. What, what, day, what, day is, what day is that again, Sister Father? Didi. So, yeah, right. it's Sunday, December right, Sunday. 10th at 3 p.m. Yeah, we're, invite, we're inviting Nancy and, and Pelosi. Two or more and, are gathered. Yeah, two or more are gathered. So we're inviting Nancy and a buddy, and, and <laughs> but also go to rosarycoasttocoast.com and and just plug in your name and your address so your balloon pin will come up on our mm. Google map there. Right, so we can see it's it's filling up so fast right now. But uh, but what are we doing? We're 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 first of all believing the supernatural power of God. We're embracing the great gift of Our Lady, the, our mom, our advocate, our defense attorney before the throne of God. We're picking up the powerful rosary. Okay, we should probably put ashes on, you know, uh, because that would fulfill. Um, but I, it, I'm going to come in my slack, my sackcloth suit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, sackcloth but, suit. <clears throat> but anyways, we're 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 uniting the we're uniting the remnant forces, aren't we? Just what yeah. they did 450 years mm. ago at the Battle of Lepanto, and we're saying. The, and these are forces that not only uh, are strong and willing to, uh, and their resolve is rising, is what I'm saying, but but they're saying we can't do this without the powerful intercessory prayer, uh, prayers of Our Lady right. and and the power of God. And yeah. so, please, 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 December um, October 10th, uh, 3 p.m. and it's going to be live streamed too. So, but wow. you'll find all that at RosaryCoastToCoast.com. Yes. Yeah, okay. Awesome, All right, David. I think this is my favorite podcast so far, and I'm not just saying that because you're here. <laughs> this has been awesome. Really, I yeah. really enjoyed this a lot. Yeah. I hope our viewers did too. Yeah. And um, I, yeah. I love every time you're on. It's it's amazing. But it is. Doug, before before we go, yeah. Thank you, Father. Before we go, David, is there anything you'd like to to tell the audience? Anything you need to pitch? Any books? Any any things coming up, uh, websites, anything? Because I just want to encourage everybody to check out your work. 
I love your stuff. I love your videos. I love what you do. I love your posts. I'm looking at one right now. Uh, limbo. There is not one worldly solution to Pope Francis does. It's a great post. So <laughs> I want to encourage people, you know, really just to follow your stuff because you're, you're yeah. after this. And I love yeah, your sense of awesome. humor. It really you bring is. a sense of humor, which is so important. If we're ever yep. stuck in a FEMA camp, I want to be in a camp with you. Oh, so yeah. Let's nice. little, little you know, you know, I used going. to be, a, I used to be, I did a, a couple years as a stand-up comedian. So it didn't work out. So I became really? Catholic. I believe it. It didn't work out, so you became Catholic. <laughs> so, uh, so, but yeah, is there anything you want to promote? Anything you'd like no, to just, encourage um, people to go to? Since we did talk about Freemasonry, I guess I'll point to uh, my, my book, the Catholic, the Catholic Catechism on Freemasonry. You can buy it anywhere. You buy yes. books online. Yeah. Catholic bookstores have it. Um, our Sorrowful Mother's Ministry, I know in Illinois, they carry it. So okay. Catholic, the Catholic Catechism on Freemasonry, really popular book, okay. and it explains everything that you need to know about Freemasonry, about a church, bans it. Yeah. Evil got aggressive because we got yeah. weak. Right. And, and we you are. got a YouTube channel and your Facebook page as well. People can follow you on social media, right? Yep. Yes, sir. Thank you. Awesome. Awesome. David, All right, thanks. you guys. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So let's close with a prayer. In the name of the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit, amen. amen. Come, Holy Spirit, fill the hearts of your faithful and kindle in them the fire of your love. And may Almighty God bless you, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Awesome. Thanks, David. Thank you, gentlemen. Great. It was really great.